You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. All right. Let me just pull up my stalker notes on you here really quick. Adam Perry, a Tennessean from yeah. from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, the land of Peyton Manning, the land of the orange. What else are you the land of? Anything? The volunteers. Yeah? Yeah. What else? Football's um, all you got there? Come on. But yeah, pretty much. What about much. Tennessee? Whiskey, Dollywood. Whiskey, too. We have, Dollywood. We have whiskey. We have Dolly. Dolly. Your claim to fame. Dolly. <laughs> Miss Dolly Parton. I've been to Dollywood like probably over 50 times. But you've never worked there? No. Well, maybe some other time. <laughs> In another life. Do, uh, do you know the story about that, though? Oh, no. Please tell me. Maybe I just stumbled upon some gold. Well, my, my dream in life was to be in a Dollywood show. <laughs> okay. Literally, my dream was to be an actor in a Dollywood show. And I was home visiting my parents for Thanksgiving or something like that. And we were in Dollywood. This was like 2006, 2007. Uh-huh. I was on a roller coaster and my phone was vibrating in my pocket. And when I got off the roller coaster, I listened to the voicemail and it was Wicked Broadway offering me the show. Amazing. And that was my Broadway debut. Like that was my very first Broadway show. Yeah. But I was in Dollywood when I got the offer. And at that time, <laughs> you were wanting to perform at Dollywood or that had no. passed? <laughs> Were you like tossing it up? Maybe you know I like, could either be in Wicked or right. <laughs> No, that dream had kind of yeah. yeah. It had sailed. Yeah. Okay. But it was just ironic to me that my dream was to be in a Dollywood show when I was little, and then mm. one mm. day I was in Dollywood and I got a call to be on Broadway. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's yeah. We'll move on to another uh, less serious thing as well. You recently posted on your social media. Uh, a partnering like dance you dancing with Anne Hathaway 
Yeah. Uh, so tell tell me about that because I still haven't talked to you about it. I just saw some picture. I was like, oh, dope, cool. Yeah. What yeah, was yeah. That, what was that all about? Um, it's she's doing this new. Um, there's a series called Modern Love on Amazon Prime, mm. which is based on a New York Times article, and she's in one of the episodes. Cool. And she plays like this bipolar character, and so this she has a scene where she's like really happy in a grocery store, and she breaks out into song and dance. And then I'm just like this random guy who like jumps in and I do this like whole partnering section with her mm. and we got to dance together. It was amazing. In and a grocery we, store. Yeah. Well, we, we, it started in the grocery oh, store. Oh yeah. There's pictures outside though. Yeah. And mm. then we moved into the parking lot of the grocery store. Got it. Yeah. I was like literally pressing her over my head. <laughs> I was once in a commercial for Sheets, the gas station. I don't know if you know Sheets, but I was a muffin boy. I was like behind the muffin counter. <laughs> and then same deal. This like soccer mom like broke out in the dance and we started dancing with her. And, yeah. Um, how is, how is Anne to work with? She's like very outspoken on social media as far as like <clears throat> social justice or like, you know, political things, but she yeah. chill laid back. You know what? She was, she was very focused. Like mm-hmm. the first rehearsal, mm-hmm. she was very, very, very focused. Um, which I totally understand because she's, I mean, she doesn't like dance every day. So like, this was like something that, you know, she's done before, but I was, we were doing some pretty intense partnering. Yeah. And then, uh, the second rehearsal, we both got just way more comfortable with each other. We totally just were laughing and having a good time. And she was telling me that her favorite TV show is RuPaul's Drag Race, which I also love. So we were having like a whole bonding moment over that. And I, she was really cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, well, we'll be looking. When's that going to come out? Do you know? I think in March. March. Yeah, All right. We'll, be, it's coming out we'll March. be looking out for it. Amazon Prime. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. No no, uh, no more cable for me. <laughs> oh, you, do you have Amazon Prime now? Uh, yeah, I have a- Apple TV. So I got oh, gotcha. the Prime. I got the Hulu. I got the Netflix. Yeah. No cable, though. Boycotting that cable. Yeah, I need to do that, too. I also don't know what's going on in, like the world as far as yeah. the cable goes so people try to small talk with me and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah, do you want to talk about house of cards instead we can do that <laughs> um all right so we just had an awesome workout good job with that Thanks. it's been awesome having you as a client so far and seeing you in frozen and all that just to like get people to uh, know you a little bit better or just so your day-to-day how do you like to prep for your day like uh do you schedule out the night before do you just have a general idea do you just wing it um, you know, what's your day to day look like? How do you stay on track? Or maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, I really take it kind of day to day because there's, there's kind of a, a negotiation that has to happen when you're in a show because you have to kind of keep some stuff and energy and reserves to do the show. So I'm always kind of just seeing how I feel, but Usually I approach the day with waking up and the first thing that I want to try to accomplish is the gym, usually. Um, like, I, I might, like, do some little things around the house, like cleaning and make my bed and stuff like that, but, like... Why? Why do you start with the gym? I think it just makes me feel better in general, mm-hmm. just to get my endorphins going and it, it makes me feel accomplished mm-hmm. and just basically better about myself in general and Mm -hmm. physically it's I feel a lot better when I do that Mm -hmm. because I've just realized that like you know I'm like in my late 30s and I'm still dancing on Broadway like for me 
for my body to, to stay good is I have to keep it moving. Because if I just like sit at home all day and, and just and not do anything, then by the time I get to work at night, the show is a lot harder for me physically. Yeah. And hurts more. If we uh, stop moving, we stop moving. If we keep moving, we keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's like that. Uh, maybe it was a, a Marine that made the speech about the first thing you do every day should be to make your bed, meaning like yeah. just do something, like accomplish something to start your day, and it sets the tone. So, yeah, a workout would be a good tone setter. Yeah. My friend, a uh, good friend of mine in Frozen, actually, Greg Hildreth, he was like, one of my resolutions is to just make my bed every morning. I was like, <clears throat> wow, that's... <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> that's that's going to be tough, but like... I struggle with such that. Such a good one, though, because like if you make your bed, you just... I don't know. It sets the tone. Lately, I've been working on some creative stuff. Like, I've been working on a, a choreographing a piece. And that has been kind of my, you know, resolution for 2019 is to... My resolution for 2019 is, in a very general sense... I need to tell my story more. That has been my kind of mantra. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of allowing whatever comes my way. I, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do that. That but, was my next question. But it's already <laughs> started because like, I'm doing a podcast with you. I'm telling yeah. my story right now. Yes, you are. I did uh, an interview earlier this week with another somebody else. I started working on choreography because I really wanted to tell a story through song. So... Um, I did a reading last Sunday night of a new series, so so that would be through acting. So I'm just trying to basically find as many ways as possible I can to to give my point of view, tell my story, and share, just share in mm -hmm. general. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, like, as cool as it is that you're performing on Broadway, Broadway right now, you still have the same danger of falling into a monotonous trap of living like everyone does exactly or being complacent um and especially for you yeah you're 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 performing you're making art every night every show is different every night but at the same time it's the same show you know yeah. and you need to uh flex those artistic muscles in a different way so that's cool that that you're chasing that and and getting after that <laughs> Um, so speaking of shows, um, you were in Rocky. Yeah. And I'm a huge Rocky fan. You are? Huge. So. Did you see it? I did. I, I saw you. Yeah, you did. I, yeah, I probably did. I, I, I saw you unless you were out that, that, uh, night, but hopefully you're in. Um, yeah. Had the Rocky framed eight by tens in my, in my bedroom when I was a kid. Yes. Would watch the, <clears throat> excuse me, the TNT like marathons on on uh on tv and just be boxing in my living room throwing wild punches and yeah i actually have a friend that got a bull mastiff a dog the same dog that rocky has because he's such a huge rocky fan oh okay so anyways you play spider rico and i know full well who spider rico is yes. um, but our listeners out there <laughs> Most of you probably have no idea. I know the whole movie, all nine of them now, because of the Creed series. There's like, yeah. there's there's going to be them. fifty of them. It's like, you know, Avengers. Um, as far as how many movies there are, as far as doing homework, you guys have to do your homework out there and know who Spider Rico is. You've been in some musicals that were movies previously, right? What has your preparation been 
to either starting rehearsals or the show? Like, do you watch the movie a thousand times? Do you do push-ups? Uh, do you not? Do you not uh, watch the movie at all? Because you're like, I want a fresh understanding of what this piece is. Yeah. Tell me. Well, I mean, the like, for instance. I feel like Rocky was kind of a, a, a special case in that matter because we were all, you know, going to be playing boxers. And we were all, I mean, most of us weren't boxers really. And I mean, I wasn't. Um, I mean, I had done it before I'd taken classes, but um, I watched the movie. I mean, I'd seen the movie before, but I, I bought the movie and I watched it a couple times because I just wanted to know kind of what what was going to be happening. If I had like a big role in a show Mm -hmm. from a movie, I would probably stay away from watching it because I would want to take, have my own fresh take on it. Mm -hmm. But like, for instance, doing frozen Two, like I watched the movie because I was just wanted to know kind of what I was going to be doing in the show Mm -hmm. in general, kind of what characters I would be playing as the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, Rocky was such an amazing experience, though. I loved working on that show. Cool. It was so fun, dude. The last yeah, scene of the... Oh, well, first of all, when um, I was out doing a show in San Diego with the director, Alex Timbers, and we had to do a lot of stage combat, which I think I'm pretty good at. So he said, hey, I want you to play Spider Rico in the, in the show. And I was, I was just... It's just awesome for me because, you know, I usually I'm in the ensemble and I was still in the ensemble, but it was a featured ensemble. So it was super exciting for me. And I got to wear this like long, greasy, curly wig and I was had like 30 tattoos on. And, you know, I got to do the opening fight. It was it was super cool. Yeah, you're in the opening. You're, yeah. Spider Rico is like right out of the gate uh, in the movie. Rocky's in a church fighting uh, right. Spider Rico. Um, yeah. And the last scene of that show was so amazing. Yeah, that just was to be a part of that. Quite the spectacle. Like. I was um, actually yes, because in the last scene we all turned into like security cameramen, mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I was actually the sound man. Tell I a, tell I know what you're talking about. Tell the listeners like break down the finale of uh, oh so of Rocky. So basically, in the the musical version of Rocky, the the final scene the half of the orchestra exited the orchestra and went onto stage and sat in bleachers and a boxing ring descended from the, from the stage and rolled out over the orchestra seats. So basically the winter garden theater turned into an arena and there were, uh, jumbotrons above the ring. So there were cameramen everywhere. And because Rocky and, and Apollo couldn't wear mics because they were, they were fighting. Um, all of their dialogue had to be caught through a boom mic, which I had. Mm-hmm. So I was running around the boxing ring the entire fight, like trying to pick up their like sound cues. Yeah. And I, I took that job very seriously. Like I loved it. Cool. It was so cool. Nice. Hey, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because you know, I'm all about Rocky. Like I said, yeah. So. And, and you know, Rocky is, I, I, there was, there was a huge turning point for me with fitness when I got Rocky. All right, so we, we touched on a couple of shows so far. Um, I will do it because you're a modest guy, but you've been in seven Broadway shows. Yeah. And that's not even counting like the Encore series or things that people in the business would consider like it's still Broadway caliber. It's just a technicality basically. 
Um, so first off, congrats. Like, wow, what a career. Thank you. W wicked, a chorus line, promises, promises, anything goes. Nice work if you can get it. Rocky. And now Frozen. Um, Frozen's out your seventh, like I said. In regards to prepping for, for these shows, can you give us some examples of, like, the different ways you had to prepare for them. So you just gave one with Rocky, like you had to step up your fitness game. Yeah. Does anything stick out in your mind, like when you were approaching maybe your debut, a chorus line, any of the shows, like just prepping the differences between between all those. Yeah. Do you mean fitness wise or just in no, general? No, no, just in general. Not fitness at all, if, mm. it, if it's not fitness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I just... There wasn't really a lot of prep to it. I just knew that, like, because you never really know kind of what you're getting into. You know what I mean? It's like you don't know what kind of demands the show's going to have and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I've I've always had to kind of, and I've gotten better at it as I've, as I've gotten older is is just getting like my joint health, like my shoulder, because I'm always partnering in shows. Yeah, like I'm, they, it's kind of like something I've always done. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I'm going to do that, like I would have to just make sure. So I, as a preventative measure to try to like get my shoulders really strong and like make sure my back is really strong and all that stuff. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Cool. In the midst of those seven shows, um, frozen now being the most current when you're, when you're in the midst of the rehearsal process, um, what kind of like, journeys did you have along the way that you can remember where you showed up not knowing what to expect and you're like wow i had no idea i'd be expected to do this and now i how am i going to pull it off oh, you know, yeah. any shows that you can That's think of to me a lot yeah 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 <clears throat> tell us about it uh well there was one instance actually when i was doing promises promises um there was this number called she likes basketball is the name of the song and uh sean hayes sang it and the director choreographer had this idea that all the men's ensemble would run out and we would do like this, um, almost look like we were in practice, basketball practice. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were doing all this stuff. And then at one point we all laid down on the ground and we did that, like that thing that like football players do where you like mm -hmm. push jump over up and jump over each other. Uh -huh. And that was something that we were all like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like we were in the rehearsal studio. We were like, Oh man, we have to do this eight times a week. Mm -hmm. And so we just, at some point just like built up the stamina. And then by the time we were in the run, we were literally doing it eight shows a week and we yeah. were just not even thinking about it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. How about another challenging physically thing that you did where that was the same deal, like in a show where you're like, wow, I'm going to have to do this eight times a week. Let's see. Well, when I was doing nice work, if you can get it, um, there was a, a part where like every ensemble member was featured dance wise mm -hmm. and, um, we were setting the show and, and it was me and this other guy had this moment together and she was like, why don't you guys do a kip up? We were like, oh, I've like never done a kip up in my life. And I like did it in rehearsal and it looked good. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, keep it. Mm -hmm. But like over time, like doing a kip up every single night on stage is like really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell the audience what a kip up is. A kip up is, is um, basically you're laying on your back and you kind of like put your feet over your head and then you like jump up onto your feet, mm -hmm. like from your back. Yeah. Um, which looks really cool and was really fun to do for 
the first like six weeks <laughs> and then after that it was just like wow this is going to be really hard to do yeah but then i actually tore a ligament in my thumb in the show and once i got back into the show they were like you can't do that anymore because you're going to jam your thumb and so it was changed yeah so i didn't have to do it anymore <laughs> well not the best way you wanted to get out of it but right yeah that's the challenge of like the demanding uh physical activities you have to do day in and day out and feeling as though oh i got this i do it every day it's the same thing the danger is that it's the same thing and then if you're not like putting your body through some type of training to strengthen it overall that's when that same thing gets dangerous or really starts to wear you down yeah and i think that's where performers kind of fall into a trap yeah definitely i've learned my lesson over the years mm. yeah um so let's go with all right so seven shows on broadway some very notable gigs from the encore series your national tours screen credits yada yada okay amazing besides your god-given talent and the things you might naturally think you just have that come easily tell us about the other stuff the grind the hard work, the extra mile, the road less traveled, all that. Tell us like those things or moments where you're like, man, this this is this was worth it. This is why I did it. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, the thing that comes the easiest to me has always been dancing. Like that's what I just can do naturally. I feel like, um, but like for me, singing was always like a, a grind to get that together. Because I mean, I have a good singing voice, but like I'm not a musician, so like notes are hard for me like that's it's just something that has has been tough for me acting has been pretty easy for me but i mean i there's always so much more you can learn and do with that um but you mean as far as like side gigs as well or just anything yeah w what it took to become the performer you you have been whether that's yeah spending a lot more time on your notes as far as like yeah learning music like for for you the dancing is like oh yeah I, I learned this whole piece in 20 minutes where another person it might take them hours yeah so for you maybe it was the singing where it's like hey i had to spend a lot of time to get this stuff ready yeah it's always been i mean i've always had i think good singing auditions and that's why i've worked so much is because i i think i do have a good voice it's just that whenever I get into a show, it's, it takes me like months to get every note right in within singing in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Cause it's really tough. You're singing like all these intricate harmonies and all this stuff. And sometimes you're the only person holding your part. And that's, that's tough to do if you're not like a trained musician. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's, that's always been a struggle for me. That's always been something that I, I've always just been working to get to be better at. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like over time it's gotten better, but it wasn't an easy road. Yeah. And you, you don't know? avoid it though. You keep, you keep on. Yeah, it. for sure. And then, you know, like even with dance, like, yeah, it's always been easy for me to, to pick up copy shapes and pick up rhythms and stuff like that. But like, there are some things in dance that I also had to really work hard to, to master and like certain tricks and things like that, that didn't come easy to me as well. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and like I was saying, like stuff I had done in shows before that, I had to like really master. Yeah. How long have you been dancing? Um, How'd you get into it too? Well, I, when I was in high school, a good friend of mine who was actually, he was, he had diabetes and his mother was like, I'm going to put him in dance. Cause it's, 
it's it's not as strenuous and like you know i'm from east tennessee like boys do not dance where i'm from mm -hmm. so he, he and he was one of my really good friends and he was like why don't you come to dance class with me and i was like i mm -hmm. i can't do that like i can't mm -hmm. take dance class mm -hmm. i was like 16 or 17. so i went and took class and i was like living i mean i was having like the best time ever and i was so good at it and i was like oh my gosh mm -hmm. um but then it, it was it, it, like everybody found out that I was taking dance class and it was just like I was getting made fun of constantly. Mm. I mean, all the bullies in my school were just having a field day with this, right? Because mm. I was already like, you know, like all the girls were into me and like I was dressed really cute. Mm. So like all the bullies were already like on the verge of pouncing on me. You target target already mm -hmm. and then when i started taking dance class it was just like and so i quit oh i quit and then when i got to college i was like i have to do this and then that's when i started doing it like, wow so not only you joined the game like really late I usually did. you'll like dancers at your caliber it's like oh yeah you know my my uh Parents put me in dance when I was five or something. Yeah, no, that's not So me. high school for a little until you were basically bullied out of it. Yeah. And then not until you were, what, 18, 19, 20, I was, something like that? I think 20, 19 or 20 when I started like hardcore training. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then not very far after that, you probably were in Wicked then. Like yeah, it was like years. seven years later. Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so after college... You went through some time. It wasn't just you weren't the story of I graduated college and then that bam I booked my no first no I, I I graduated college and I moved up here and I I went on a non equity tour mm -hmm. of cats actually okay still a heavy dance show to book <clears throat> yeah not having danced very long yeah so and you that, you truly did you picked this up like it it literally was a natural yeah it's given talent it's 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 born in me it was, like, it's it was just what like made to do. it's what i was meant to do in my life i know mm -hmm. that for sure okay um but I, yeah and then i came off tour and then i was here and i was doing like side gigs and handing out flyers in times square and all that stuff oh you did oh what did you hand what yes. did you hand out <laughs> oh i feel so oh my gosh if you're a, if you're a chicago girl <laughs> i do feel sorry for you like not in a bad way like we all i've done plenty of stuff like for instance, I walked into a gym and said I'd scrub your toilets. Like, and no shame to no shame to anything. We all have to do. We all have to grind. But yeah, tell, it character too. Tell me about what what did you do in Times Square? Well, <laughs> now Times Square is just like full of people handing out flyers to shows and things like that. You know, like the Chicago girls and the waitress girls and the Rockettes people. There's like all these whatever. But like, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it wasn't. Ad. that wasn't like a huge marketing thing mm -hmm. but i was like handing out like free these flyers and free cds to this broadway show called mm -hmm. in my life that ran for like two months or something but i was promoting it for like six months and i was literally like in the streets of times square the whole broadway like area like handing out these things with like a t-shirt on mm -hmm. so i did that for a while i worked at abercrombie i was like you know yeah. uh, were you were you actually a, a worker or were you uh, like a they have um, like models, a, a brand model that's a brand like, rep yeah brand rep that's like <laughs> in there just to like look good and brand I started as that but then I I really love to do like dress the forms mm -hmm. and so they put me on the visual team so that was 
Got it. That was exciting. Got it. <laughs> um, can you share one or two memorable memorable audition process experiences? So, kind of on the same lines of like you're in Times uh, Square grinding and whatnot. Like sometimes you know you hear of, it can be a long and tedious thing like to book a role on Broadway. Uh, yeah. Tell tell us about maybe a, a time or two. Oh wow. I have a lot of stories about this. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, you know what? I think, uh, I think uh, the, 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 the most intense one was a chorus line when I did chorus line. Okay. Because when they, when they announced they were reviving chorus line, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be in this so bad. So I came in, I had like, th- I don't know, three auditions and they were intense. I mean, they were like hardcore dancing as hard as you possibly can you know, and they were also, they had also announced that they were going to do a documentary about the process. That's right. Yeah. Called every little step. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kept, I kept making it through, kept making it through round after round, kept making it through. And I was like, Oh man, this is like getting closer and closer and closer. And then the camera crews for every little step were like, you're getting, you're getting, you keep getting further and further and you have an interesting story. You're from Tennessee, blah, 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 blah. And so, the camera crews started following me. They followed me to work at Abercrombie. <laughs> they came to my apartment here in Astoria and they sat on my couch. They interviewed me for like two hours. I was like, oh man, this like might actually be happening. Mm-hmm. So the day of the final callbacks came up and the, the final callbacks were on stage at the Broadhurst Theater, which final callbacks are usually in a studio somewhere and they were they had cameras everywhere and like it was like a huge thing and so I went, I went through all those auditions and the day of the final callback was, was like crazy exciting. It was just like, you know, tons of energy and like everyone was there, there was cameras everywhere. Dancing your face off. Dancing our faces off on stage, on a Broadway stage. You know, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I was like 27, 28 at the time, which I know it doesn't sound that young, but for me, I was young into this whole world. Yeah. I mean, I had like literally been on like an express track from this kid in Tennessee who decided he wanted to be a dancer. Finding my way all of a sudden to Broadway was like crazy. Um, and so I had my final call back and I, looking back on it, I wasn't, I was really nervous. Um, and then they called me that night and they said, no, Mm -hmm. And and I was like devastated, obviously. Um, not really to the point of like tears. That's, that really hasn't been kind of like, there's been like once or twice that I've cried over not getting a job, but Mm. I kind of had to just let it go. And, and I also like, everybody was like, are you going to go see the show? And I was like, I can't see it. Like, it's just, it just hits too close to home because it was something that I really wanted and I didn't get. Yeah. So then... They announced the show's closing, Chorus Line. They announced the revival's closing. They called me up. They was like, they want to see you for Dawn to replace this guy who's leaving like a month short of closing. And I was like, really? You want to see me again? Okay, I guess I'll go in. This is like years later. It's like a year or two years later. Wow. I go in, I audition. They're like, you got it. You're going to replace like the last month of the show. Mm-hmm. And I got to do it. And it was, it was incredible. It was incredible to be 
in the closing night company because you know everybody came to see it and it was just it was a moment Mm -hmm. yeah and so it it happened eventually it right yeah and that's the kind of important thing to hang on for that story is that to trust yeah. The universe, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just knock once and then walk away. Right. The, there's that popular meme of the guy in the cave. He's uh, chipping <laughs> away and then he decides to quit. And then he's like an inch away from breaking through and there's like diamonds all on the other side. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but basically just saying like, you know, don't give up. Just, yeah. You got to keep chipping away if that's truly, like you said, who you're meant to be and, and all that. So Yeah. Very cool. Um, so like in that show and other shows, you've worked with some really notable names, uh, in the business. So you got, uh, Sean Hayes, Kristen Chenoweth, Joel Gray, Sutton Foster, Matthew Broadwick, uh, Kelly O'Hara. Do you, do you have any actors along the way? Maybe, maybe those names or maybe not that like shaped you as a performer that like taught you something about the business or about just you know, preparing to be your best on stage. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple that stand out. I mean, Sean Hayes definitely stands out to me. I thought you would say that. Yeah. I feel like he'd be someone you could like soak up a lot. Yeah. I'm actually friends with him and his husband. They, I mean, they live in LA now. I haven't seen them in years, but I, I became close with them. They're just like awesome, awesome guys. But Sean on stage was just every single night he was so um organic Mm -hmm. he just like he was always just like going by his instincts kind of and and playing and having fun and i learned a lot by watching him you Mm -hmm. know yeah um i did uh, anything goes with Sutton foster and it was like just an honor to work with her and i got to dance with her a lot and she taught me a lot too about just like, I don't know. She just would always find the joy, you know? And, and it was, it was really cool to, to watch her work. Mm. What do you mean by that? She always found the joy. Like no matter how tired she was, because, you know, she had a very like demanding role in that show. And like, no matter what she was going through in her life, she would always come out there and she would, tap into that joyous place and it always read to the audience you know it was just like i would watch her and be like wow you're you're a real pro yeah you know yeah i i get nervous uh as a performer <clears throat> myself you know say i go to a sunday matinee last show of the week and i'm like all right let's see what i'm gonna get today. right like, yeah let's see what performance i'm gonna get from these people last show of the day temptation is to just phone it in yeah so sutton she uh she yeah. was a pro up there huh Cool. I feel like the last show of the week sometimes is a good one though because everybody's like, we're almost done. That's true. It's more so maybe those like Thursdays. Yeah, I would I would say Wednesday matinee. Is Wednesday the matinee. Worst. <laughs> okay. Man, you're only this in the second day of the week right there. Yeah, maybe well, that's part the, of it. The daunting task of like, yeah. oh gosh, I still have what six more to go or yeah, something. Yeah, and you have another one that day. Right. So yeah, the Wednesday mat. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> I'm thinking my myself and all those thoughts of like, <laughs> anyways. So on on the note of like, who did you look up to and whatever? I just want to say you probably just maybe to encourage you. 
when a person in the ensemble is working with you, you've had such a great career and you've been through so much and have so much experience. I'm sure you are the same way for those, let's call them kids, those young yeah. uh, actors or performers that are just booking that first show like maybe you did back when you did Wicked. And I'm sure that you have you know, tons of knowledge to bestow upon them. So uh, once again, just kudos to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, one of the guys in my show, actually, one of the swings, just like in his 20s, like yeah. said something to me one day. He was like, I'm taking note on how you handle yourself in rehearsals. I'm like, yeah, that's so nice of you to say. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I had that as a question. Maybe I'll bring it up now just because because of it. So with your career, you know, it's, it's not just luck and it's not just, oh, I was naturally good at dance. What do you think some things that you have formed as habits that have attributed to you having this consistent career, whether that's while you're auditioning or while you're performing, like what do you try to really hold tight to that anchors this success? You know, I say work ethic, honestly, just having good work ethic, having, you know, practicing the golden rule at work mm. always. And also I think choosing your battles, you know, it's like, there's a, it's just, it's petty sometimes to, to try to like fight over little things. Sometimes you just kind of have to say yes to things that even though you don't think will work mm -hmm. for you personally as a performer, or you just have to kind of have to say yes. And if they actually don't work, they, that will show themselves eventually, but yeah. you have to just kind of go with it sometimes. Yeah. Be open to try yeah. and, and see others vision that you don't see. Maybe exactly. At the time. And then if you work hard and have a good work ethic, then on occasion you can use that token and say, you know what, I'm going to have to stand up this time and say something, yeah. but you can't do that every time. Yeah. If you're the guy that you know always I mean? says no, then it's like, oh, he's saying no again. Yeah. But if you're the guy that works with me and works with me and works with me and then finally you do say something, yeah, I'm going to, you're going to take note. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be open to listen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. That's good. This one is much love. Here, see. Oh wait, let me see. What's Hennies. Oh, what's much this? love to Hennies. <laughs> it's with the eye, though. Oh my god, I forgot that I had put it in there. Was that a typo? No, that was meant to be that. Oh, way. oh, oh. Wait, Hennies. Wait, this is from Anything Goes, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh man, I totally forgot I'd put that in there. Yeah, see, what is that? I'm so <laughs> is glad that just you... like that's just slang. About well, it. yeah, we, me and my friends used to call each other Hanny all the time. We're uh, like, hey, Hanny. Hi, so, Hanny. Okay. Yeah, so we call each other the Hannies. There it is. Okay, I knew I knew it wasn't going crazy. <laughs> okay, so those are those special people you're talking about. Yeah, right exactly. There. All right, very good. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of friends, do any like casts uh, in a show that you were in? Any show? Did they stick out? And like, what was it about? You know, we were talking about earlier in the workout about community. Yeah. Do any casts stick out in your mind, and like, what was the magic sauce uh, with that, with that cast? Uh, I love my Frozen casts. Mm -hmm. They're so amazing. Um, we all, I mean, we we're all there for a long time because we all are on year contracts. Yeah. So we all kind of like went through the whole process together. Yeah. And we all kind of stuck by each other. Mm -hmm. um, what is the magic sauce? <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just like a chemistry. It's also just like everyone kind of pulling together and 
and telling a story is like there's just something that kind of happens like some sort of reaction I, there's also a, a I don't know <laughs> it sounds so generic to say but there's just like a coolness about it like everybody's just cool you know everybody's just game to like to do this all together because mm-hmm. you know I've worked in casts before where like people some people weren't game and it's just like kind of like gears were grinding yeah but then sometimes it just kind of all works together perfectly cool I feel like that's how it's been with Frozen Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask, has it been like that always? So, no, yeah. No, it's not. And it, sometimes you get really lucky in this business to work with an amazing cast. And I feel like that's kind of how we've been with Frozen. Yeah. And when I did uh, Nice Work, If You Can Get It, that cast was stellar. Yeah. Just awesome, fun people who work hard, they play hard, they got good hearts, you know, just just, just good people. Yeah. Cool. Um, so like in fitness, a Broadway a Broadway career is it's never owned, but it's rented. Um, I tell stories all the time where it's like, yeah, I know this person there in this Broadway show, and then the next day they were babysitting. Yeah. You know, um, it's never guaranteed. Once that show's over, it's it's over. Um, what by looking at your credits, uh, that's what I want to say, I guess. By looking at your credits, it looks like. You never went a moment without having booked work, um, but if you can recall some period in mm-hmm. your career, yeah, um, can you tell us a time that was difficult for you uh, getting through it? Whether it was in between a show or during a show, yeah, where like you were having to to really bear down. Yeah, well, I think the most recent kind of uh, break I had was <clears throat> the hardest for me because I first of all I. I you know, like I said before, like I'm getting to my late thirties. It doesn't mean my career is over by any means, but it also just, there's a lot of new kids coming on the scene every single day. There's new kids coming on the scene. So like competition gets, you know, harder. So I, you know, went on tour for seven months with Wicked and I came back and I went to Europe for a month and I worked construction on Fire Island for a summer because I just wanted to do different things. I, f- I was feeling very stagnant. And when was this? And one note. This was 2015. Okay. Yeah, I was I was feeling like I was a, a Johnny One Note in a way. Like I wasn't experiencing the world and I wasn't a well-rounded human being. I, my, I was so focused on show business and theater that... So I went and did that and I came back and I said, oh, well, I'll get, a, I'll get another Broadway show, you know? But it didn't happen. I, I was doing like little workshops and things like that, but it got to a point where my unemployment completely ran out. <clears throat> my savings was gone. And this is after doing, you know, six Broadway shows. I was back to a point where I was in debt. I had no savings. I mean, it was like, so I started working for a landscape architect um, a lot which was extremely physically demanding. So I was like carrying like bags of mulch, like five blocks and digging ditches. After and all this six stuff. Broadway shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys listening out there? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, one day you're a peacock, the next day you're a feather duster. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it can happen to anybody, you know, and, and when frozen happened, it was just like, 
it was a, a miracle. I was at that point. I was starting to think about other careers. Honestly, I was like, should I start a career in fitness? Should I start being a florist? Should I start being an interior designer? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna get another Broadway show. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful to be back. How did you get it? How did you get the other? How did you get it? What did you do? To get frozen? Yeah, it's probably simple, but you know. You just kept chipping away, yeah. kept going to auditions. Yeah, but I, I also had like seven callbacks for Frozen, mm -hmm. you know. I just, I kept going in and going in and going in. and It was over a period of six months. Yeah. The first time I went in was like January two years ago. And I didn't get it until May. I didn't get the call. So like that was like five months of auditioning. Mm -hmm. Then I finally got it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people when they run into those problems, it, it's just could be abandoned ship you know yeah you're carrying the mulch bags and you're still getting called in to go audition and yeah you're like it ain't gonna happen screw firstly there were days that i would be showing up at this like garden on the upper west side at like 7 a.m and i would work until 2 or 3 p.m i'd be literally covered in mud my body would be hurting from like working all day digging and i have to go to uh, the gym shower and pull out my audition book and go to an audition. Yeah. Nice. It was the hustle. The stories that dreams are made from. Yeah. Well, good good for you, man. Those are I'm I'm glad you're sharing this with everyone because uh, it's inspiring career-wise if you're out there trying to be a performer or you are a performer. And it's also inspiring uh, for the fitness listeners out there since we are linked with Built for the Stage here. Um, just about you don't always feel like it or it's not always going well. Yeah. And it's not always, you know, oh, I used to look good. I used to be this way and I fell off. You know, like you said, I fell off. I had six Broadway shows and I fell off. And you could be in the best shape of your life. I've done it a hundred times and I fall off. But you know what? You just got to keep chipping away. You got to keep going when you don't want to go. And eventually it'll happen for you. So we'll wrap uh, with this last question or, or request um, or platform. So your 2019 uh, resolution is for your voice to be heard or your story to be told. Yeah. Um, I just will give it to you. Like, do you have anything that you want to, this is it, the last hurrah, leave the listeners with uh, <laughs> on our episode together that mm. whatever that is on your heart to, uh, to say. I came from the middle of nowhere in Tennessee and I was like, there were no arts really where I was from, um, but I had a passion and even though I did like, for instance, let bullies control who I, who I was in high school, I eventually came around and said, actually, you know what? I, I'm not going to let somebody else affect my, my path. I have to make that choice for myself. So... And even, you know, me talking about struggling two years ago before I got frozen also, it's like, I'm not really going to allow other people to dictate my life or make me feel bad or I shouldn't be ashamed that like I was digging ditches for two years. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's part of my path and that, that's something I'm very proud of that I did to get where I am now. And it's also builds character, you know? Mm -hmm. So... That's, nice. I guess that's it. Awesome. <laughs> True. Uh, truly, like, 
thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I'm sitting here inspired, so I know that the listeners are for sure. So thank you so much for sharing. And um, yeah, we'll see you up there. See Adam in Frozen right now. And uh, check him out online, all those things I listed about where you can find them. And uh, yeah, thanks, Adam. Awesome. All right, that'll do it for this episode with Adam Perry. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Adam M. Perry. If you want to see more about Adam's current and past performances, just simply look him up on Google and you'll find tons of content surrounding his career. Once again, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate it, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Bill for the Stage. Check out the website, www.billforthestage.com. And while you're there, send us a message or use the contact page to inquire about a free trial. Until next time, it's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.